You're listening to the Long Overdue Podcast. Today's episode, you have Pat and Chris and Don and myself, Denise, and we're going to be talking about music trivia. Music trivia. Yeah. What? So is this just like stuff that we know about bands and musicians and movies and... Oh, movies? Soundtracks. Well, music oh. and movies. <laughs> Soundtracks. <laughs> Music in movies, but it has oh. to be yes. It has to I was be music. That might include some Vegas. actors. I might have some information. No. Oh, I guess we could always just talk about how many actors are in bands as well. Well, there's a oh, lot. There are a lot. Harry Connick Jr. Uh huh. That's it. Who else? <laughs> oh my goodness. Jared Leto, Jer- Jack Black. Uh huh. Um, I just found out that oh, Ezra Miller. Oh. Is in a band? Billy Bob Thornton is uh-huh. in a band. And uh, what about Kevin Bacon? Kevin yeah. Bacon. Yeah. Oh, who's the lady who lives in England? Oh, and Keanu Reeves was in a band. I don't know if he's still yeah. in his band, but he is. He yeah. was in a band. He was. In Ryan Gosling. Finally. Oh yeah. Ryan Gosling's band. You got to say his name. <laughs> That's right. Celine Dion. Was that it? Is she She's in? Canadian. Oh. Well, what does that have to do with England? She said this guy from England. No, she said somebody from oh, okay. lady from England, right? Oh, okay. Yes, I did. I, I missed that first part. Okay, I yes. was like, oh, she lives was in another country. No Canadians. Yeah. <laughs> it's Nick's well, that would have nixed Ryan Gosling already. So we're not going to do that. But so I was, but I don't know if she's an actor. Does she? Eh, is not she really. Anything? Yeah. Nah. She's if she's on something, she's playing herself. Yeah, I think so. Okay. But I think she has been on stuff playing herself. Mm-hmm. But, yeah. Okay. So who are you thinking of? No, that's who it was. Oh, that was who it I was. I think it was, yeah. Okay. Celine Dion. What okay. about she and him? Isn't that Zoe Deschanel? Oh, yeah, Deschanel Zoe Deschanel. And oh, yeah. Is she the only, is the other guy, no, is he an actor no. too? Okay. Tim Ward. No, he's yeah. a musician. So she's an actress, mm-hmm. yes. Hmm. I know, I remember things. <laughs> Oh, oh, Dustin from Stranger Things, remember? Oh, yeah, that's right. He was in a band. That's right. Who? The little kid that plays Dustin on Stranger Things. Really? Yeah, he's in a band. How cool. Well, of course, there's all those music theater people yeah. who were on Glee or who were on mm-hmm. oh, Pitch yeah. Perfect or, you know, those things where they're playing music nerd people mm-hmm. and they really are music nerd people. So, a couple of actors that put out jazz albums: Hugh Laurie, oh, Scarlett yeah. Johansson. Oh, Scarlett Johansson. Really? What? I think you know what? I don't know if it was jazz, but she did put out an album. Whoa! Yeah, Steve oh. Martin has this little bluegrass thing. Oh yeah, yeah. He's right, he does big time good banjo player. Mm-hmm. That's amazing. Yes, he is. And he plays with. It, it it's the duo and I can't remember her name but she's the wife of somebody famous yes alright we'll get there so gee I guess I knew more music trivia than I thought because I thought I don't know anything I gotta look up stuff mm-hmm. yeah that's kind of the way I feel I th- yeah I mean I know a lot I mean I looked up some stuff and I found some really interesting stuff mm-hmm. some of it I can't say <laughs> you know, I found this one whole article about rock bands from the 60s, 70s, 80s, and all the 
interesting, in quotation marks, stuff <laughs> they've done, and I can't say any of that on a family-friendly podcast. Is right. it that bad? Yeah, it is. Like, every story in this entire article, I think, you know, it was meant to be that kind of article, but... Mm-hmm. I didn't know that's what I was getting when I read it, you know, when I went to it. But okay, what do you got, Denise? So Steve Martin is in a band with Edie yes. Brickle, who is yes. married to Paul Simon. Paul Simon, right. Woo. Man, it's amazing. The kind of music royalty we've got here. Mm. <laughs> Celebrity of all sorts. Mm-hmm. Hmm. <laughs> so I totally love Ryan Gosling's band. Yeah. It's called Dead Man's Bones. Right. It's all very spooky, kind of creepy, Halloween-y type. But it's not it's Southern it. Gothic. No. No. It's not Southern Gothic. It's Canadian As we Gothic. were speaking of in our last <laughs> yes. music episode. So, yeah, I want to know like one song on that list of Southern Gothic. Just like a song, or do you want like a couple of artists to look up? Well, like I was listening sing, to a song. Sing a song for her so she'll no, know. You don't want that. <laughs> <laughs> so no. is it like, does it talk about like murder and different things? It talks a lot. There's some, some that talks about murder, about um, ghosts and death. and. So there was a song I was just listening to by Reba McIntyre about Mm -hmm. Georgia. It's not The Devil Went Down to Georgia because that is... The day that Billy Joe McAllister jumped off the Tallahatchie Bridge. Not that one either. No. Okay. (laughs) Um, Sorry. The lights went out in Georgia. The day the lights went out in Georgia. Oh, that's the night that the lights went out in Georgia. Is that the kind of stuff you're talking about? Or do you even know that? That's the night that they hung an innocent man. See? Yeah. And who did it? Who did it? (laughs) You have to listen to the trust you sold a backwoods southern lawyer. I'm putting my money on Reba (laughs) McIntyre. That was a cover. That wasn't her originally, though. It wasn't? No. I'm trying to think who that was. Because the judge in the town's got blood stains on his hands. Who oh. did that? Oh, it was a long time ago. Long. <laughs> I mean, before we even No, she didn't still. <laughs> hmm. All right. You're going to have to listen We're to have it. have to listen to it. I'm not telling. <laughs> <laughs> so I found some interesting stories about songs, like songs that... A lot of people know. So you know that that Aerosmith song, Walk This Way? Uh Which everybody knows, whether you listen to Aerosmith or not, you Mm -hmm. know, Walk This Way. So the story, according to LA Weekly, a scion of journalistic Uh integrity, is that Steven Tyler wrote that song after watching Young Frankenstein and seeing Marty Feldman, he was playing Igor, say... Walk this way, mm-hmm. and he wrote that song. So That's he wrote that song. Walk this way. Okay. After hearing Marty Feldman say "Walk this way," did I, Young Frankenstein. Did, did I mention the Aerosmith video game in our last podcast? I don't remember we, that. You did so. mention an Aerosmith video game, but not in the last podcast. Yeah, we have talked about. Uh, did you know that Aerosmith had an arcade game? I did not. I did not know that. Yeah. It was a light gun game, you know, where you actually like hold the uh-huh. gun and point it at the screen. Yeah. It has Aerosmith on, on there and the dude, the band's on the side of the case and it says, music is the weapon. You know, it's <laughs> all like, it was called Revolution X. 
And your gun shoots CDs. I looked it up. And I <laughs> what? Yeah, your gun, it shoots CDs, and it kills the bad guys. Oh, oh my goodness gracious! That's yeah, great. and so they are—they make like cameo appearances in the game and stuff like that. So hmm. I thought that was oh, funny. That well, let me just say, a CD going at bullet <laughs> speed could yeah, be dangerous. Yeah, yeah, it could be. That's true. Slice your arm off. That's true. Yes. Wow. Okay. Very fascinating. I don't know any other bands that have their own video games. Yeah, really. I mean. You know, Guitar Hero. And oh, you know what? Never mind. You know that there was a Journey Atari game? What? No yeah. way. Isn't that ridiculous? <laughs> that is ridiculous. A Journey Atari And it game? had like a, a four, what was it? Was it four bit back then? Or was it, would it be considered eight bit? Uh, I'm pretty sure it was four bit. It was a chip tunes version of yeah. Don't Stop Believing was the I soundtrack. In the seriously? Game. Yes. Oh, funny. <laughs> oh, man. I don't know what you did in the game <laughs> other than listen to bad. Listen to. Co- copies of bad music, but huh. oh, well, there's a value judgment right there. <laughs> it, it is. <laughs> Nobody likes them. Well, I don't know that that's true necessarily. It doesn't matter okay, if it's true. This, I'm still going to say. <laughs> in this room, who likes Journey? Raise your hand. I, uh, oh, half the people in this room. <laughs> <laughs> and anybody listening who knows the four people here knows which two raise their hand. Yep. <laughs> That's like 80s music. Yeah. That doesn't mean it's good. Yeah. (laughs) It's not bad. It's a value (laughs) judgment. They were (laughs) silent. Sometimes I just want to download like cricket audio. (laughs) So when she says something, I'm just like, chirp, chirp, chirp. (laughs) I I think we're getting the point. (laughs) Without the crickets. We just look at each other and we're like, we should not say anything further. <laughs> but hey, you know, props, props, because they have their own video game, just like Aerosmith. So, yeah, there you go. See? You know, what else? Well, what It else? probably wasn't very good. <laughs> <laughs> but there probably weren't that many Atari games that were like right. super good. Super yeah. good anyway. Yeah. yeah. Uh, that's cool. I don't know. Pong was pretty... You know, <laughs> that was very challenging. <laughs> right. Well, that's a classic. Just like... <laughs> Pac-Man and all that. Oh, yeah. yeah. Pac-Man. Yeah. yeah. All right. So. Okay. I've got another one of those stupid stories. All right. All right. This is the story about you ain't seen nothing yet. You know that song? You you ain't seen nothing yet. Whoa. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Baby. You you just ain't seen (laughs) nothing yet. So. The story is... I love that we have a singer in here. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) That Randy Bachman's brother, Gary stuttered when he was a kid and they recorded this just as a joke as a as a personal joke to make fun of him and they were just going to give it to him and and it was supposed to be a funny thing they recorded a version without the stuttering and decided they liked the stuttering version better and that's what they what what they put out to the public and that was their only number one hit Oh, because they yeah. were making fun of somebody. Wow. That sounds mm. mean. That sounds awful. It yeah. does. It does. But but then, you know, that was their number one hit. And if nobody knows they were making fun of him, maybe he got a little of the kickback. Maybe. Maybe. I doubt it. But <laughs> I'm sure it affected his life positively in some way if he has a rich brother, right? Huh. Maybe. One maybe. Can hope. Maybe. 
maybe on dates he'd be like that song was written so, for me so that was for me that's my <laughs> song I won't tell you why <laughs> <laughs> but it was about me. oh well yeah that's what I saw <laughs> okay well that's about the end of my trivia that's it that's the end no that's not all <laughs> it's somebody else's turn because that was bad all right it's okay okay what's so, this um I'll tell you <laughs> hey why do you have that because oh. it's part of the story. Oh. oh. She's got black metal stuff in there. That's sweet. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I, all right. You might have to pass that around. <laughs> Going to have to post something about that. Yeah. Us. There was a... I know when Chris and I were talking about this episode, about recording this episode, we were talking about some of the stuff we know, and we're just like, oh my gosh, we only know about horrible murder. Horrible <laughs> stuff. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah? Yeah. So? Horrible, horrible things <laughs> that we know. Hmm. Well. Like, well, I was talking to Denise about the the second wave of black metal scene. And, you know, the, one of the very first and the second wave that kind of pioneered the sound as it's known today mm-hmm. was Mayhem. And one of the original band members, his stage moniker was Dead. Like, that was what he called himself, Dead. Mm. And Dead, um, he committed suicide. Oh, my goodness. So, he actually personified Uh. his stage name, which isn't really a joke, but it is true. Wow. Yeah. But he had a band member that had encouraged him in his, like, kind of depression and suicidal behavior. Mm. Then used it as a publicity stunt. Be- yeah, yeah, because he thought it was well, a thing it, it to gets do. worse. Oh yeah, it gets oh. worse. Yeah, like he, he says publicity stunt. I mean, it was. Yeah, he he arrived on the scene first and took pictures of it, <gasps> and used it as one of the album covers. Oh yeah. wow! I think I don't think that it actually was like the official release, but it was like one mm-hmm. of the you know. It was one of the things that he was, or yeah, like that. That he was also oh. selling with what he claimed was pieces of the skull. Yeah. Oh. Uh, yeah. It was like, again. He was what? He was selling the the album uh-huh. with the cover of the, but also claiming that he had pieces of the skull. So if he bought the album, he'd send you like a piece. Oh my god! Yeah, a relic, a holy relic. Yeah, yeah a black metal relic, mm. pretty much. That's now, disgusting. how true was that, that you were getting a piece of skull? Probably yeah. not very, yeah. but still, like, it was... Hmm. So, anyway, the guy that, you know, that did that, that took the pictures and everything, it was Euronymous was his stage name. And then later, he himself was murdered by another black metal musician. Wow. Yeah, Varg, Varg V. Kearns of Burzum. And I don't remember why he killed him. They had, like, had come to differences about, mm-hmm. like... What the music should sound like and what the, the purpose of it should be. Creative differences. Yeah. Yeah. Like he, th- I think Burzum accused Euronymous of uh, selling out or something like that. Mm. <laughs> something classic. So he broke into his house and Just sold out and killed him. Yeah. So I guess I don't want to paint too many similarities because I really don't know, but it's it reminds me like of the Hell's Angels group. I mean, it's like that community and oh, the, yeah, the yeah. fighting and infighting and, you know, that kind of well, and stuff. It's a lot of gang mentality. Yeah, pretty really much. The way I think about that. And okay. I include the Hells Angels in, mm-hmm. in that. Yeah. Um, they do, you know, 
for their group, for their, but that doesn't mean that just because you're a part of the group that you're going to be safe, especially if you disagree with someone that's Mm -hmm. higher up in the, Mm -hmm. yeah. And they believe very much in loyalty. So if you're, you're deemed disloyal, Uh that's a punishable by death. So, yeah. A lot of things are punishable by death in the game, gang mentality type. Mm-hmm. Um, that most people are just like you guys disagreed about the sound of of the band. One of you could have just left, right? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Start a new band. Uh, <laughs> yeah, um, but no. So I feel like hmm. there's something more that I was going to say about that, but about man. Oh. He was um, allowed to continue to play music in, <laughs> in prison? <laughs> when he murdered, yeah, he murdered that guy, and then he went to prison, and uh, I don't know, prisons in Scandinavia are different. And Very different. We were talking but, about that. Yeah, they gave him a little, uh, they allowed him to have like a little Casio keyboard, and he proceeded to continue making music, <laughs> terrible oh. music, on his little Casio that he actually had produced yeah. and published and oh sold copies of. <laughs> goodness yeah yep. yeah wow. so reminds me of elvis in his jailhouse rock and johnny cash and his Folsom prison blues mm-hmm. and but they were looking from the outside right yeah right, yes. right. <laughs> well wow. speaking of johnny cash yeah he's a, there's another black metal band you know behemoth mm-hmm. and the main guy the writer for that he's a huge fan of johnny cash yeah. so i don't know that that's relevant in any way other than just to say that well, just you know, trivia. yeah it's just yeah. trivia <laughs> yeah. you know people are into all kinds of things mm-hmm. that's true yeah and if you're into johnny cash there's a johnny cash tribute show at the denton community theater coming up it's only one weekend june 15 16 17 I think her performances. So that's 2018, by the way. If you're listening to this episode in the future years, you missed it. <laughs> well, but anyway, that's coming up. What was your dark music trivia that you were going to share? Or one, at least one of the things. <laughs> the whole story about the kids. Oh, yeah. That's that was, right. That was awful. That was awful. Okay. <laughs> you got to tell us something. You can't just leave us like that. About the Gits. So the Gits were a grunge band mm-hmm. um, from Seattle um, when grunge was just barely really taken off. And um, in 1993, they were like right on the cusp of like becoming world famous. They were very popular in the local Seattle scene. Mm-hmm. Um, and they were starting to actually, you know, become a little more popular out in the nationally and then. They were about to take off on their international tour. And um, in July of 1993, the lead singer Mia Zapata was brutally raped and murdered. And that's pretty much where the band stopped. And um, seven years passed, and they had absolutely no idea. Like, they had no leads, no clues at all about who her murderer was and he was caught using dna so seven Mm -hmm. years later they kept all the samples and kept it in good condition 
and then ran it through CODIS and got a hit and he was prosecuted. Oh my goodness. So what year did this happen, the murder? 1993. Okay. Yep. And then in 2004, he was convicted of her murder. And so it wasn't like another band member or anything. It was just some random. No, it was just some random guy. She was, um, they had played a show. And so it was two, three o'clock in the morning. And so she went over to a friend's house or a friend's apartment and hung out there for a while and then decided to go home. Mm -hmm. And on her way home, she was just attacked by a stranger. Wow. And uh, she'd been left out like in the street with her arms out and so forth. So at first I kind of thought that maybe it was like a weird ritual Mm -hmm. killing type Mm -hmm. thing, but he just came across her. She just came across the wrong person. Hmm. Wow. Don't walk alone at night. Mm-hmm. Did he know that she was famous? I don't or think so. He? Okay. Um, I don't know if he if he had been there to to see the show or or what. When she was found and taken to the uh, morgue, the um, the guy there recognized her because he was big in the mm. like he was a big fan of. Of theirs because they were a very popular local band. Mm-hmm. And so that's how she was identified. Wow. Mm. So they write a song about it? Tons of people wrote songs about it, actually. Um, the remaining members of the Gits did started a another little band called Evil Stig, which is Gits Live backwards. Um, um, and they toured with Joan Jett, actually. Really? And um, she did some songs. Joan Jed and um, Kathleen Hanna from Bikini Kill, they co-wrote a song called Go Home, which was inspired by Sapatha's death. Um, they had quite a bit of people that covered their songs, like from all kinds of music, mm-hmm. genres and styles. Mm-hmm. Um, wow. Yeah. Okay, so my information is not that (laughs) exciting. (laughs) (laughs) So y'all know I'm from Montana, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Okay, so there's a lot of famous people that have moved there. And the people who live in Montana are not happy about this. Mm -hmm. Because they go in and they buy all the ranches and all that stuff. And it raises the cost of living and Mm -hmm. you know it's all this stuff but so one of the people who has a ranch up there is um huey lewis okay and he actually has um his ranch is very near to where my parents live um i don't know exactly where it is but one of the big things that my dad had told me and i i looked it up here they have um there was a little bit of an, a squabble with him and the locals because um, he decided that people should not be fishing in this one little s- river stream thing. Was it his? No. <laughs> his but opinion is irrelevant. In, <laughs> right. So in his opinion, he thought that it was his and that people should stay away from oh, it. No. And so, yeah, it was a big deal because... Hunting and fishing in Montana is mm-hmm. a big deal. Yeah. Um, so anyway, I haven't had uh, the opportunity to read his side of the story, but um, I'm kind of interested in in finding out what his thoughts were on 
on all that. Yeah. But it does say that he gives back to the Missoula Jazz Band. Um, so he does try to give back a little mm-hmm. bit, but mm-hmm. after making everybody mad. Anyway, the, the other person who lives in that general area, I believe, is Hank Williams Jr. Hmm. So, um, little cafe that we go to. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was down there one morning, and she goes, oh, yeah, Hank Williams Jr. was just in here. It's like, wow, <laughs> that's kind of cool. <laughs> but does he have, like, a band, Hank Williams Jr.? Like, Yeah. It was called, what was it called? The Hank Williams Jr. Band. Oh, I mean, Hank is in the title. Okay, so there's like, there's another because it's his son. Okay, so there's Hank Williams. Hank Williams the third. Yes. Yeah. And oh, so he's the Hank one. Three? He's the one that has the band. Yes, because yeah. my son was talking about his music and mm-hmm. played one of his songs the other day, and I'm like, okay, I have not heard that, yes. and it's a little. Yeah, you know, I heard that it's very pretty. Different. Yeah. yeah. Pretty. It's not definitely not country. No, no, it wasn't. No, it, yeah, but I don't remember what the name of the band was. But it's, it's popular. Hank, I think it's Hank Three. That could be. Oh, funny. Because I was like, I know it was Hank, and I know there was a number in there somewhere. But I was like, it was he wasn't the second one? No. And I don't know if he lives up there with his dad or if he's lives somewhere else. Hmm. But. That's why I was saying I could yep. talk about other actors because mm-hmm. there's a lot of them that live up in Montana. Mm-hmm. I could give you some little trivia, but <laughs> we'll stick with musicians. So it is Hank Three. His style is um, alternates between outlaw country, punk rock, and metal. That's very interesting. Yeah, mm-hmm. and that pretty much fits. From the one song that I listened to. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, if you go up there, you never know who you're going to run into. Yeah. Okay, so I I do have a sort of black metal story. All right. So actually, it starts back in the 1700s with a violinist named Giuseppe Tartini. And this is a time when most people who were composing music would would say, you know, to the glory of God or something like that. And Tartini was not one of those. He actually said he had a vision of the devil inviting him to play this song and who inspired him to, to write this music. And it's called often called the devil's trill and it's a really 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 hard violin solo you know kind of in a way tartini is sort of the the founder of black metal well sure yeah i think that the ideology mm-hmm. of it goes yeah. way, way back to before definitely modern music so yeah, yeah i think that that's just one of the one case but of then it. but then you mentioned the devil went down to georgia and some of those you know it all any kind of genre has a song about that. Mm-hmm. About or like, uh, I always think that Robert Johnson was also like a precursor to that okay. kind of mentality because all his songs are like, you know, Hellhounds on My Trail. Oh well, yeah. And you know, his story was I sold my soul to the devil so I could play this guitar, and, mm-hmm. and you know, I just think that that's that's part of it. Wasn't isn't? Remember the band Denise, the metal band? What was it called? It was like a symphonic metal. 
Symphonic metal. And they had... That's interesting. I don't know what they were called, Denise. But they had a, an album called, like, The Butcher's Ballroom or something like that. Mm, uh-huh. Anyway, I think they got their name from a real, a, like, a real group of musicians that played... Diablo Swing Orchestra. The Di- Di- Diablo Swing Orchestra. They got their name oh, from a real group goodness. of musicians that were, like, you know, classical... During the time where the church was like uh-huh. the presiding power yeah. over the government and everything, and they this group of musicians got in trouble because people were going to listen to them play music mm. instead of going to church, and they didn't like that. Because so. <laughs> <laughs> they were so good. I don't know if that's a true story, but that's, that's the story. That's the story. It's a maybe. It's an urban legend. I don't that's know. A legend. Yeah. yeah. So. You, uh, your mention of this violin guy mm-hmm. um, reminded me of the movie. Was it called The Violin, I think? There was a movie, The Violin. Yeah. The Red Violin? The Red Violin. Yeah. Yeah. That movie was amazing to me. You know, there are some really interesting movies about music and musicians and, yeah. you know, all that. All that. Mm-hmm. That's interesting. I see, and I see you had the, the, the pictures of the the black metal musicians on that. Yeah. There, so. That's all it has to do with it. That's all it has to do with it. Yeah. It actually mentioned that he might be the... he. The way the article is written, you know, of course it's telling you everything. You know, it's making everything more than it really is, but it says, Tartini is the Adam and Eve for Black Sabbath, Gorgoroth, and Mayhem. (laughs) (laughs) Both the Adam and the Eve, yeah. Mm. So, uh, Kenny G's son is in a heavy metal band. That's funny. What? Yeah. That's funny. So, Kenny G's son, Max, is in a band called The Mantle. Did y'all know that there's uh, a movie coming out about Bohemian Rhapsody? Yeah. Mm -hmm. What Bohemian Rhapsody? Yeah. It is, and Robbie, Rami Malek is playing <laughs> Freddie Mercury. And trailers I've seen, he is amazing. Yeah, really. So it's about the really like is. the writing and creation of yeah. Bohemian Rhapsody. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've got a story about that. Where's the story about that? Because I was hoping maybe it was a story that was actually like no the, the song the sto- oh. a story about <laughs> Bohemian Rhapsody. Like don't be silly. So the trailer I've seen for this, like they're in the in the recording studio and they're doing one little section and they get to a point and they stop and they just look up at Freddie and they say, so what's next? And he said, this is the operatic section. <laughs> <laughs> and they just look at him like, you've got to be crazy. This is, this is, this is nuts. Um, oh, 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 here's my story about Bohemian Rhapsody. So it's about Brian May, who... Um, is the guitarist of Queen. He also has a doctorate in astrophysics. What? Yeah, from Imperial wow. College in somewhere in England. He's written books. He is the chancellor of John Moore's University in in the UK. And wow. he helped write Bohemian Rhapsody. That's cool. Boom. Astrophysics. <laughs> It all kind of fits there somehow. Somehow? Somehow. He can hear the music of the spheres. Oh, yeah, that's it. That's it. 
Oh, speaking of music of the spheres, so you know the theme song to, to Star Trek has a theremin in it? All right. So, I don't remember what that is. I've heard right. of it, but. Yeah. So I didn't really know what that was either until I saw it on um, Big Bang Theory. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, hold on. It's coming. I thought that that's my, that might be. <laughs> is a theremin like a, t- a fancy word for someone playing the saw? No, it's actually not. <laughs> it is the only musical instrument that you can play without touching it. It's like, I don't even know how oh, it works. Oh, yeah, I've seen so that. So it's some kind of electromagnetic mm-hmm. something or other. And, you, and there's a box in the uh, bottom, and there's a thing that sticks up, almost looks like a Quidditch hoop. And, and you move your hand back and forth, and that's how you, you play different notes. And so that's that wah, 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 wah. That's on the theremin. Mm-hmm. And it's also in um, the Beach Boys' Good Vibrations. They're a section, you know, it's not the whole thing, but it's, it sounds real science fiction-y, so it's used a lot in science fiction movies. But it was created by this guy named Theremin, who named it after himself, and he was a Russian. He, he hmm. made it during the time of Lenin, and anyway, that's it. Interesting. Yeah, isn't that interesting? I knew nothing about that, but it's the only musical instrument you play without touching it. Huh. And it's very cool sounding. Yeah? It is. That's what I found. The theremin. Ladies and gentlemen. Yeah. The theremin. Big Bang Theory of somewhere in season four-ish or something. (laughs) Yeah. Hmm. And Jim Parsons is actually a musician, so he at least can hear, you know, when Mm -hmm. he's playing right. So he actually, on this episode, he's playing actual tunes that you would recognize on the theremin it's it's so funny more trivia yeah so what was that um oh good grief we don't need to know this um (laughs) in twilight the the first movie um of course rob pattinson Mm -hmm. had a band he probably doesn't anymore i don't know but he wrote a song that he wanted to be the little theme that that Edward writes for Bella, but they didn't like it. (laughs) 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 Whoever, you know, the the director and whoever didn't like the song that he had written, so they had somebody else write a song and they made him play that. But he really does play piano. Mm -hmm. He's he's quite a good piano player, but um, they wouldn't let him play the song he wrote for it because they didn't like it. So that, that weird little tune that he plays for her is not his, but he really plays it. Hmm. Oh, yeah, there's somebody else. Um, Hugh Grant is really a very good musician. He plays classical piano, uh-huh. and so when he's he's been music yeah. and lyrics, and I think he's been in a couple of other things yeah. where he's playing a musician, he actually does all that. Hmm. The piano and the singing and all that for himself. Hmm. Yeah. It is amazing the kind of music trivia we know. Right? <laughs> Isn't it? it is. Well, I just read that um, Joseph Gordon-Levitt, when he was in 10 Things I Hate About You, yeah? there was a scene that um, was one of his major scenes. Right. And he helped score the music for that. Really? Because Joseph Gordon-Levitt is uh, also a musician yeah. and artist. And 
Oh, well, Heath Ledger was, too. Yeah. yeah. But, I really? mean, he was, like, a teenager. Yeah. Oh, yeah. He was in yeah. 10 Things I Hate About You. Mm-hmm. Oh, my gosh. Well, and that little, the little bit with... Okay, anyway, Julia Stiles. There's a scene where she's in, in the music store and kind of trying out a guitar or something, and she's playing that, too. But it's not, like, virtuosic or anything. Mm-hmm, <laughs> but mm-hmm. she's playing that. Okay. Yeah. Very quick trivia. What country's national orchestra is bigger than their army? So do you know what the smallest countries are? I'm, I'm going to mm-hmm. say Monaco or um, there's, a, there's some more down right in there. Well, the Vatican is the smallest. Okay, yes. Um, and then Monaco is the second one. Okay. So it is Monaco. <laughs> <laughs> Good job. Yay. Yeah. Hmm. So Greg Graffin from Bad Religion has a PhD in zoology. What? Yeah. Well. Hmm. And uh, Tom Morello from Rage Against the Machine Mm -hmm. uh, went to Harvard, graduated with a bachelor's degree in social studies. Social studies. Uh Hmm. Hmm. Which kind of makes sense with the kind of music that Rage Against the Machine did. Yeah. Well, yeah, just their name. Mm-hmm. <laughs> hmm. Let's see, it can be a social worker or a rock singer. Where will I have the most influence? There <laughs> you go. So, well, so when I was putting together that playlist that we never used so far. Oops. Oh, yeah. as you look at me. <laughs> Sorry. I, I was finding out some interesting things about some of the songs on there, like The Land Down Under, uh-huh. the song by The Men at Work. Uh-huh. And I know I told y'all a little bit about it, about like what the lyrics actually mean and stuff, because there's a bunch of like Australianisms in okay. there that nobody understood unless you looked it up. Mm-hmm. So tell us about some of that. Do you remember? Yeah, I do. Um, okay. Well, the, you know, the song starts out and they say they're like riding in a fried out combi, which is like a hippie wagon or whatever. Okay. And they talk about or what hippie trail head full of zombie, which actually means that they're like on drugs. Mm-hmm. So. Mm-hmm. I guess that's one of the terms they use over there. And then, you know, there's the part where there's a guy says, I, you know, I come from a land down under. Yeah. And he says, where beer does flow and men chunder, which means chunder is to, like, throw up. Uh, so he's saying that, I come, you know, a land where men drink too much and then get sick over the place. Oh, man. But the other interesting thing is, because I remember this because you were talking about, the you know, the national, the, what is it, the different, the, the country and their... Their oh, orchestra, the national orchestra, yeah, mm-hmm. and other national things. Mm-hmm. Um, the I guess like the the national anthem for Australia is the same song as the Kookaburra sits in the old gum tree. You know, <laughs> it's like the same tune. And the beginning of that Land Down Under song has a tune that sounds so much like that that like mm-hmm. Australia was going to sue the band <sighs> for wow. using that. All of Australia. Yeah, I, I guess. I don't know. I mean, what, whoever's in charge of that yeah. sort of thing in Australia. Yeah, it's, like, yeah. it's like in Texas, we, the taxpayers, pay our attorney general to see the federal government mm-hmm. once a month or so. <laughs> you know, it's that kind of thing. And are the, are the, men, uh, the men at work, they are Australian, are they not? I think so. So I just felt like it was really an injustice yeah. for them mm-hmm. to do that. Because I'm like, these guys, I, I felt like... They were doing it to like, you know, be patriotic. to be patriotic well, and do sure. an homage to their, you know, their country. And then they're like, well, no, we're going to sue you because 
And it didn't even sound exactly like it. It just sounds yeah. kind of like it's a similar it. Homage. Yeah. So, but you know, whatever. I'm not. I'm not from <laughs> Australia, so I'm. That's just my perspective on. <laughs> so I've got. I've got. Got a couple of funny little things, sort of related to, you know, the drug culture and that kind of thing. And so this thing I found said that Puff the Magic Dragon. All right. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of got this reputation for being all about marijuana smoking and all this kind of thing. And Okay, can we stop for yeah, one second? Yeah. How old were you when you realized that? Where when you heard Oh, that? I never did. And I mean, until like ten years ago. And that's for me too. I just but, found out about that. Okay. But we're not part of the drug culture. Oh, that's true. You know? <laughs> if we were, we would have caught it right away, right? Just right. for I the record. <laughs> We're not uh, part know? of the drug culture. <laughs> you gotta have you gotta have yeah. a foundation of experience to understand illusions. Yeah, yeah that's uh-huh. true. Okay. Yeah. So Peter Yarrow, who's one of the writers, he's a co-writer with um, Paul Stuckey. He says it has nothing to do with drugs. He says it's all about just growing up and losing that childhood innocent outlook on life. But it's still banned in Hong Kong for drug references. So, you know, you can believe Paul Yarrow, Peter Yarrow, or you cannot believe him, whatever you think. But he said, he maintains it is not about drugs. You know, when I first heard that reference uh, and about that, meet the Fockers. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> when he's sitting in the car getting the talk from the dad. Yeah. That one. That reminds me of another a band that had to change so- something because actually there's several several because of something that was like in another country it was mm-hmm. oh. it meant a completely different thing yeah. and it was offensive. <laughs> oh dear. Hmm. Like the band Toto didn't mm-hmm. the, isn't there doesn't like their name doesn't it mean something offensive and. One of the African languages, or something. Probably, like that. yeah. I don't know. It's something I learned about in that musicology class that I took in college, which has been a huh. long time ago. But I just remember that oh, they like funny. they had to do something like change their name when yeah. they played over there, or something like that. Huh. For purposes of copyright, right. in weird. Nigeria. Yeah. <laughs> hmm. Yeah. So I've got another story about about drug-related things mm. that I thought was interesting. Cool. So there were these two guys, John Roberts and Joel Rosenman who were trying to pitch what was basically would have been the first reality TV show. And it was supposed to be a sitcom about two young venture capitalists who were naive, had more money than brains, and get up to wacky hijinks, you know, (laughs) that kind of thing. So as it turns out, what they really did was they invested their money in the idea of setting up a recording studio in upstate New York, which turned into an idea for a Bob Dylan concert in upstate New York, which turned into Woodstock. So these guys started out trying to invest in what was supposed to be a reality TV show and ended up being investors in Woodstock, which apparently did well financially, (laughs) despite everything else that was going on. Yeah. yeah, isn't that interesting? Oh. That's hmm. funny. I never, never knew anything about. <laughs> never even thought about investors in Woodstock, right? Yeah, yeah. I thought it just kind of happened. Yeah, I, th- I did I too. I imagine it was I just a it was gra- just... grassroots sort of thing. Yeah, that 
happened. But a couple of bands were like, we should go yeah. do this thing. And then so more and more got together mm-hmm. and it created this big, that, that's what I thought. Yeah, but yeah. Apparently everything is just manufactured. <gasps> well, and I heard that you had to buy tickets because I, really? I was looking something up and it said they were $24. And I, I thought that it was like all out in this field and yeah, kind of just see, came and yeah, went. Yeah, me too. But so, it was on private property. So I guess they had a gate. I, yeah. I don't know. Man. My my husband and his family, well, obviously he was like a teen, young teen or something. I don't even know if he was a teen. Anyway, they lived in upstate New York, not far from Woodstock and kind of on the edge of the country. And so like their backyard backed up to a, a forest. Mm-hmm. And he said that summer they had these weird looking people walking through their backyard all the time going to Woodstock (laughs) and they'd stop in, you know, and ask if they could have a glass of water, you know, drink from their, from their water hose to get a drink or, you know, Hmm. it was very strange. Yeah. Yeah. So he lived not very far from Woodstock when Woodstock happened. That explains a lot about him. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So this makes me, makes me think of, um, Ruby's Quince. In um, in Mexico, um, y'all know what a quinceañera is, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't need to explain that. Um, so for this young girl named Ruby, she, um, her, and her family like made a video to invite their family and friends to her quinceañera, mm-hmm. and she uploaded it to Facebook or something, and it went viral. Mm. <laughs> and it became a huge thing. So, like, tons of people showed up <gasps> at their little their little town. Oh, no. and oh, they had yeah. a whole bunch of bands saying that they were going to go. <laughs> Someone donated, like, for the cake what? and her dress. And wow. She, oh, my Like, gosh. they just made, like, a little video of her dad there. Like, she's there, you know, in her, yeah. in her gown and everything. And her mom's uh-huh. standing there. All, you know, they're all nice and fancy. And he's all, like, inviting you know, he didn't specifically say family, friends. <laughs> oh, my word. I'm, you are invited. I'm inviting everybody. you all to. Everybody. Yeah. <laughs> so, so somebody donated the cake. Uh, how big was the cake? Oh, I'm, there was <laughs> wow. all kinds of stuff that were, you know, brought in and just all kinds that of things. So. Sounds like a great party. Yeah. yeah. There's a lot of like, how are we going to get to Ruby's Quince? I mean, gosh. <laughs> Um, I don't know Ruby, but there was uh, a, a whole airline that was offering discount tickets. Oh my god! So you could go to Ruby's Quince if you wanted. <laughs> like, oh my word! She uh, she got a car. <laughs> wow! Wow! It was it was pretty pretty crazy. I'm fairly certain that. I mean, it sounds awesome, but I'm pretty sure she wasn't too thrilled yeah. about it. Yeah, <laughs> she couldn't possibly have really been. The person at the center of attention mm-hmm. with that. Uh, yeah, I guess yeah. that's, you know. Yeah. So. Well, and I got to say, you know, if she was, if she got a car, you do have to pay taxes on gifts. Yeah. Oh, so, yeah. I'm not really this, sure how that works in Mexico. I was going to say, <laughs> yeah. in okay, it may be fine. Yeah. I'm not really sure how that works. So there's a couple of stories about musicians who 
peddled themselves like to to do certain jobs that weren't really their job or sort of were their job. Mm-hmm. So I think I think I might have mentioned already. We talked about John Denver, I think, in the last episode mm-hmm. and yeah, about did. his offering to be the traveling troubadour for the Winter Olympics right. in Sarajevo. Mm-hmm. Well, uh, sort of like that, but not really like that. <laughs> Apparently, Elvis Presley. Sometime during Nixon's administration, decided that he should be a federal agent at large, helping spread the evils of drugs and communism, you know, helping spread the word that Uh drugs and communism are evil. And he showed up at the gates of the White House one morning with a six-page handwritten letter that he asked them to deliver to President Nixon, asking for a meeting. And then he got to meet with him, Mm -hmm. and this is what he said he wanted to do. He said, I want you to make me a federal agent at large so that I can go around and spread the word that drugs and communism are evil. And then it was, you know, just a couple of years later that here's Uh the end of Elvis Presley, and sure enough, drugs are evil. Uh (laughs) And sure enough, all kinds of things are evil. President Nixon, so... So, so I saw the yeah. documentary on this. Did he get to be... No. Uh, like, it was... <laughs> he just, like, Here's he just your thought he was kind of crazy. <laughs> so the whole deal with this yeah. from the documentary that I watched yeah. was that he was somewhere and uh, saw somebody with a badge, mm-hmm. and he wanted the badge. What? He just wanted the badge. He just wanted the badge, and nobody would give it to him. And he kept... Um, Writing the president and saying, can I have a badge? Because the guy, the actual off, uh, officer, agent, mm-hmm. wouldn't mm-hmm. give it to him. Sure. And so he contacts the president yeah. and says, hey, I want this badge. And so, obviously, he doesn't get a response. And so he shows up at the White House to get get his badge. And so through oh, his conversations, he finally says, oh, and by the way, can I have a badge? And so I guess that's his premise is that, oh, yeah, I can be this agent uh-huh. for... He just wanted a badge. Oh, yeah. my guy wanted the badge. I yeah. seem to remember hearing something about that. So he was already advertising the evils of drugs at that point, mm-hmm. it sounds like. Probably. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> just a walking advertisement for mm-hmm. the evils of drugs. Yeah. Wow. Oh, that's, a, I mean, that's even funny. crazier than right. just, just showing up. the story. Yeah. Oh, my goodness gracious. Elvis was also a black belt in karate. Yeah. Was he really? He was. Yeah. He's one of the most famous black belts. <laughs> Not I, for being a black belt, but... But because of <laughs> yeah. Wow. <laughs> I did not know that. What's yeah. his favorite scene? All, his, all those moves that he did on stage, like yeah. he was kicking and stuff, that's where that came from. He kicked? <gasps> oh, yeah. Really? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I don't remember the kicking. <laughs> I don't think I've seen him kicking. Well, you know, some of my trivia was that they wouldn't show him below the waist mm-hmm. because of his... Uh-huh. Moves. Oh, oh yeah, yeah. that was so, like scandalous back then. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So maybe that's why I didn't see any <laughs> kicks. Yeah, maybe. I have more creepy stuff. Yeah, yeah. When you're talking about the Therian, the Theremin. Yeah, yeah. That's it. Anyway, I thought that I thought that maybe that was going to have something to do with like binaural beats or something like that. About what? Binaural beats. Okay, so what's no. That? I'm. 
Is that like when you play your record backwards and it says no? <laughs> I don't remember <laughs> exactly how it works. Area of but binaural beats are like I don't know. It has something to do with the way the rhythm of the the music and the way it affects the brain. Like you hear it in a way that differently than you hear other stuff. It's like binaural, like I don't know. Anyway, so like by two, yeah. you're hearing it two different ways in your brain or maybe each ear here denise is looking it up right now i can tell weird anyway supposedly it has an effect on the way your brain functions Uh and so when the first pokemon game came out there was a a town in there the lavender town that actually had binaural beats in the original version i believe i believe it did in the japanese version Uh and so this there's this urban legend about how it was causing children to commit suicide which wow. it, which isn't yeah. true. Like as I re- okay. all the things I've heard is that that's just an urban legend. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But they really did have binaural beats in the original version. So bina- binaural uh-huh. beats are a brainwave entertainment technology designed to put your brain into the same activity state as when you are meditating. Hmm. So it seems like it should calm you and make you chill out. Yeah. It's weird. If you listen yeah, to them, they're can weird. Naturally, shift the speed and intensity of your thoughts by listening to specified tones. Mm-hmm. Okay, so is that like the music that you play that they say, well, this is good for um, stimulating your brain for. For like creativity and yeah. things like that. Yeah. Hmm. Like in, in school and. Didn't you play music like that when we had our little chill out area in here this one that one time you like said that yeah what was it you said you said there was a certain like beat rate that was perfect for creativity or something like that sure i made that up (laughs) she made made that up so i play some for the kids yeah um and i think it's like 60 beats per minute where it's supposed to be okay that sounds right i think that yeah you must have just erased that information after it was no longer relevant. <laughs> that has happened to me for most of my life. <laughs> Isn't that say. what happens after you go I to school? I just say, yeah. You just That's forget why I'm not everything good at trivia. 4.5 <laughs> beats per second. 4.5, is that what you said? I said 60. Oh. This is so you said 60 beats per minute, beats right? Per second. Oh, per second. Yeah. So for what? Brainwave frequency is what you want. So then, I don't know. I'm reading as I go along, and I don't really know what I'm talking about. So, and there's a lot more to this article than I was looking for. So, 200 hertz frequency to your left ear and 205 to the right makes the two frequencies just a little off from each other. Yeah, that sounds unpleasant. (sighs) So there are no side effects, though user may experience a headache. If, if the user listens to too many beta or gamma state recordings in one day, this causes high-level brain activity and overexposure may cause the user to feel anxious or on edge. There you go. <laughs> so so here's here's what I'm seeing. It's it's there's five different categories of binaural beats. 
Delta is the deep sleep and pain relief and healing and all that. The oh. next one is theta, and that's REM sleep, mm-hmm. um, deep relaxation and meditation and creativity. Alpha is in the middle, and that's a relaxed focus. It's stress reduction, positive thinking. Beta is focused attention for with an external stimulus, high-level cognition, analytical thinking, stimulates energy and action, and then gamma It's high-level information processing, cognitive enhancement, memory recall, transcendental states. So Mm. it's like this whole Mm -hmm. gamut of things that that could do all kinds of things to you. And if it were used wrongly, it could be a weapon. It could be weaponized. Yeah. Binaural beats. Yeah. Weaponized. Well, anyway, they took it out for the United States version, so. I would hope so. We missed out. Missed out big time. So it's like music that's drugs. Yeah. There you go. Audio drugs. So Jim wow. Morrison yeah. could have just done binaural beats instead of all the drugs he did. <laughs> right. So that was one of the that was one of the saddest movies I had ever seen. Is the Doors, the Doors. with with Val mm. Kilmer mm-hmm. as Jim Morrison? Just this and and I'm I'm thinking this one about Freddie Mercury too mm-hmm. is going to be like that yeah. too. One of the most brilliant genius people in the world who just destroys their life because of whatever. They're such a genius that they just decide they don't have to take care of themselves. I'm sure there's a lot of inner turmoil. Oh, sure. Especially when you reach that kind of level of creativity. And And then, I mean, there's all those people who died at age 27, you know, Mm -hmm. the musician, the 27 Club Mm -hmm. and all that. Which is so weird. It It is is really weird. It is. And then you got guys like Devin Townsend, mm-hmm. who is actually bipolar. Mm-hmm. And you can hear it in his music. Like, you can listen to different albums that he's yeah. done throughout his career. Yeah. And you can tell, like, this is the one when he was on his medication, and this is the one when he was off his medication. Yeah. Or, or, like, yeah. or you see, like, the two different sides mm-hmm. of his, like, yeah. bipolarness. Yeah. And he, he actually went through stages where he would deliberately not take his medication just so he could... Yeah, do that. Have that create no, for creativity. That, you know. I've, I've heard so many people say, "Oh, you know, if I just have a normal everyday, everything's copacetic life, I can't create this great, whatever, poetry or mm-hmm. art or music or whatever it is." And it's like, really, you you think you have to be miserable in order to be creative, creative person? It really depends on what you're trying to create. It mm-hmm. does. It depends on yeah. You know. And if you limit yourself to what you only what you can create when you're mm-hmm. a total wreck, mm-hmm. it's going to limit what you do and how much of it you do. <laughs> yeah, right. And then mm. you get into the self-destructive, yeah, behaviors and things like that. So, do you remember that song we were listening to um, when in your office? It was um, "Weightless" by Mark. Oh yeah, Tony Union, which is supposed to be like the most relaxing song. Yeah, like if you listen to it long enough, it's supposed to like just chill you out it does put you right to sleep yeah <laughs> we listened to it for a few minutes like i am feeling a lot calmer than we was playing while we we're working we're just like but yeah <laughs> i need to turn that off not not accomplishing a thing <laughs> i'm about to take a nap right here uh-huh. and i'm sure i'm not allowed to yeah <laughs> so we need to turn that off yeah there's things that you shouldn't listen to when you're driving yeah oh yeah you, you definitely want to be awake for that yeah no binaural beats either mm-hmm. that's probably a bad idea yeah Regardless of the of the category, yeah. So 
I think I've, I know I've mentioned this before, but I can't remember when. It's been a while. WKRP in Cincinnati. Mm-hmm. Funny show. And the closing credits song they made up to sound like one of those rock songs that has lyrics that you can't understand. And it really doesn't have any lyrics. It just sounds like it should. And you try to listen and figure out what the lyrics are, and you can't figure it out. Mm-hmm. Well, Louie Louie by the Kingsmen. Mm-hmm. Apparently, in 1964, FBI agents, a whole bunch of FBI agents across the country, spent hours and hours trying to crack the code of the lyrics of that song because apparently it was supposed to be some kind of message about something. I don't even know if it was supposed to be communism or drugs or weapons or I don't know what, but... There are all these redacted documents in the in the government files from the FBI from the ni- from 1964, trying to crack the code of the lyrics of Louie Louie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and so where I was looking at this, they then played. They had a, a little YouTube of mm-hmm. this group the Kingsmen playing, singing the song. And the the lead singer, who was also, I think, the songwriter, Richard Berry, he's this dorky-looking little blonde kid, you know, little bitty kid, kind of, you know, he's just there singing, just this big smile on his face and mm-hmm. singing his song that he wrote. And it's just so funny. I think there's supposed to be some hidden message in there. <laughs> they, never did, they never did crack it. They didn't crack it? But there maybe are pages and pages of redacted documents in the FBI files anything. about Louie Louie. It wasn't Yeah. Wow. 1964. Is that, is that like I would say that that's where my tax dollars went, but I wasn't born, yeah. so not my tax no, dollars. So, <laughs> right. <laughs> right. Well, have you all ever seen the Troyo Yo guy? What? Troyo Yo. I don't know. He's something from Russia. You can like look it up on YouTube, and it'll just it'll <laughs> pop right up. Troll, troll, yo, yo. They usually do like troll, you know, like internet trolls. Oh, uh huh. But it, and so they'll do like T R O L O L O L O L O. Like so, that's like. Any, but anyway, I think he was like Russian or something like that. Mm-hmm. And there's this song where he gets up there and he's just like troll, yo, 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 yo. And he just that's all he sings the whole time. But he like you know he, he really you know he really changes his variation in his voice and tone and everything. So it sounds like he's singing a real song, but all he's saying is "Troy." <laughs> and I, I think that that was supposed to be political as well. Like it was supposed to be like the the you know like yeah. com- communist music. Like you can't actually actually have any content. It's just you know we just it sounds nice and it's got <laughs> stuff that sounds like words and that's just what we all need to listen to. We don't care. I don't know. I mean, as look, look listeners, it you don't always know the words. You just kind of right. make up what you think right. you're hearing. You so. do. So, you know, there's there's all these jokes about what people think the words to hymns are. Uh-huh. Like like the, the Easter song um, about Easter dinner. Up from the gravy arose. Or Andy walks with me. Andy Andy walks walks with me. me. Andy talks with me. And gladly the cross-eyed bear (laughs) got the circus. (laughs) I haven't heard that one. Uh, And and then in Silent Night, there's that that little fat guy over in the corner around John Virgin. (laughs) 
<laughs> so yeah, all those funny things. Yeah, that is funny. <laughs> There's all of those. No, I think that's really funny. That yeah. is funny. Misheard lyrics are the best. Yes, they are. Yes, they are. Sometimes they're the worst. Time. Well, yeah. Like if it sounds really worst. bad. <laughs> yeah. Did y'all watch Friends? Uh-uh. No, no, you did. Uh-huh. Okay, so Phoebe, the one time that she was talking about the song, um, and she said it was Tony about Tony Danza, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Tiny Dancer, or yeah. whatever. I don't. <laughs> <laughs> that was. You never heard that? No. I, I did hear that. No. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness. And there were more references of that song I think she made, but uh-huh. uh, yeah, that was the what I remember. There's a lot of them that are like that. Mm-hmm. So many songs that like you just you you hear what you expect to hear, and that's yeah. all you can hear until you go and look it up because that's what it sounds like. So from mm-hmm. that point on, that's all you hear. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, and then I think you you I went and looked at this song because I was like, what are the words? Mm-hmm. And so I finally looked them up, and I'm like. What does that mean? I mean, like, why would you say that? I don't even know what it it was, but it was mm-hmm. just weird. Because mm-hmm. that's what you're doing when you're listening. You're trying to make sense of what you're hearing, make it into a logical pattern of words. Uh-huh. And if it doesn't make sense anyway, you're never going to get it without looking it up. Yes. So every time I hear that song, I'm like, okay, but I don't know why he says that. <laughs> doesn't make sense. Hmm. So then, so then there's the weird covers that people have done. And the one that comes to mind is, um, I Can't Stop This Feeling by Blue Swede. The one that starts, Uga Changa, Uga, mm-hmm. Uga, mm-hmm. Uga Changa. So the first recording of that song had none of that Uga Changa stuff in it. It was just the song. Mm-hmm. And then these people, this other group said, oh, we want to record that, but but we want to be different. And so they do this uga chunga thing at the at the beginning. Why would they do that? That has nothing to do yeah. with the song. It's it's just weird. I did always wonder about that. Yeah. Yeah, that is weird. Yeah. Now I'm thinking about Guardians of the Galaxy. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah. Uh-huh. Hmm. So I always song. like I like movies that have soundtracks of old songs that I know. But then there are the ones where it's like, why? Uh, that doesn't fit. And why did you choose that? And I understand maybe why you chose that. But it's like the 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 Knight's Tale with Heath Ledger. Mm-hmm. That's what I was thinking where of they, when you said Yeah, that. where they put all the modern kind of music in it. We are the champions and we will rock you. And, mm-hmm. you know, all those things that are in there. And it's like... I don't think the whole story is supposed to be a parody. It doesn't seem like it is. Mm -mm. But that music makes it sound like it's supposed to be a parody. I know that's not why they chose that music. They chose the music to make it relevant and to help us understand that knights and tournaments were the big time sporting events of the time. It's a sports movie is what it is. Yeah. Yeah. But it's just... So, like, another one that I was thinking of was um, Lady Hawk, a Richard Donner film from, when was that? 80. Early 80s, yeah, 84 mm-hmm. maybe. 
ish. I'm thinking '86 with but. Lady um, Lady Hawk. It's um, Michelle Pfeiffer, Rucker Howard, Matthew Broderick. But the music is all very modern sounding. There's rock music, kind of. I mean, it's not the same. It's not like songs you know, mm-hmm. like The Knight's Tale, but it's very modern music, but it's a medieval setting for the story. And it's just kind of, wait a minute, that, that doesn't fit here. I like this, the movie, but... Sometimes what you need is the fuzz of an electric guitar. <laughs> and you know, Morricone <laughs> knows that well. <laughs> Like all the, the Western soundtracks. Mm, you just throw in a little fuzz. Mm-hmm. And, and, and you've got a showdown. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, I know what you mean. But somehow I, I it has the opposite effect on me. It's like yeah. it fits. Even though you know that there's Even no, though you know it doesn't fit. That music doesn't exist during that time period. Not that I want to hear viola da gambas and strange sounding instruments but sure oh well it, funny, it's, yeah it kind of it's kind of like um there's a series of books for kids each book it's about a group of kids in ancient china like fifth sixth century china who are orphans and they learn martial arts at a, a buddhist monastery and each of them learns a different style of martial arts so and and they go by the the animal that resembles the style that they that they learned so there's mouse and um dragon and monkey and snake and all these and what's interesting is in the book the dialogue is very modern they use modern slang and they address each other in just modern language and i think the the author's intention was to make it accessible to kids because it's for like third fourth fifth graders but it just it's really jarring to hear, hey, what's up? You know, in in its sixth century China. Not that you're going to hear the actual words someone would have said in sixth century China, but it just it's just distracting. Hmm. Oh well, that's what I think about that kind of music in in movies sometimes. Mm-hmm. I mean, when I I I love the movie Lady Hawk and and I like the music that's in it. It's just when I think about it, I think. Hmm, interesting choices. <laughs> and I don't know why you made those choices. So, mm-hmm. it was just making me think of um, Boz Lerman. Oh, did yeah. Romeo and Juliet and The Great Gatsby. Mm-hmm. Um, and he did that. That's, that's his style. That's his thing. It's, yeah. He takes, because you know, Romeo and Juliet had mm-hmm. all the classic Shakespearean um, dialogue and right. all the lines and stuff like that. But it was set in the 90s Venice Beach and everybody mm-hmm. was dressed very modernly and instead of swords they had guns and the music was all very modern yeah um, I really like it like I like the way that mm-hmm. they do that um, juxtaposition of that whole thing mm-hmm. I, I liked the great Gatsby and I liked the way they did the the music and stuff on that so too. do you just like the great Gatsby well I mean I do just like the great okay. Gatsby <laughs> just checking because not my favorite. There was a movie like that that I I actually did have that effect with. Of course, I don't think I watched the whole thing because I thought it was a very silly movie. But it was supposed to be like about Marie Antoinette or something. It had Kirsten Dunst. Oh yeah. And and they would like have these parties, and then there'd be like this modern modern pop music playing while uh-huh. they're all dancing around in their big mm-hmm. their big 
flowy yeah or puffed out dresses uh, or whatever and i'm just watching it i'm like this movie is just ridiculous <laughs> that reminds me of the dance scene in in uh, the knight's tale where they're they're dancing around to to bowie singing golden years yeah and i didn't have a problem <laughs> with that i don't know mm-hmm. it's not a situational you know yeah yeah <laughs> mm. well are y'all trivied out well, I got I got one last thing. If y'all are ready, All it's, right, it's a joke. Ready. Okay, awesome. It's kind of a story joke. Okay. And you have to know something about music to get it. Uh oh. Like so, like, so like the science of music. No, 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 no. Okay, good. Actually, you don't. The joke kind of explains it. Okay. Okay, so this happened a long time ago, but. There's a symphony orchestra in a particular city that was performing Beethoven's Ninth Symphony. And if you know Beethoven's Ninth Symphony, there is a long segment where the basses, the, the bass violins, the instruments, don't have anything to play for a very long time. It's like 20 minutes in this symphony where they don't have to play. And um, apparently just down the street from this opera house where where they were performing was a tavern that was frequented by musicians. So all the bass players decided that during this one performance, after they got to that point where they didn't have to play for 20 minutes, that they would just quietly put their instruments down and go out the back and, you know, hang out because instead of just sitting there on your stool looking like an idiot for 20 minutes because you have to keep looking like you're interested and, you know, all that. So once they got backstage, somebody said, well, hey, why don't we go down the street, you know, have a beer or something. They got down there. They, they you know, had a couple of rounds, and somebody said, oh, shouldn't we get back? We want to be sure we're back in time. And somebody else, the person who kind of planned this whole thing to begin with, said, don't worry about it. I thought of this ahead of time, so I tied a string around the last few pages of the conductor's score. So we've got a few extra minutes. So when he gets to that point, he's going to have to slow down the tempo because he's only got one hand to wave the baton while he's fiddling with this string to get it out of the way so he can turn the pages. So they had another round. They finally got back. Little tipsy. They came on stage, they looked at the conductor's face, and they could tell immediately that they were in big trouble. And of course, why wouldn't they be? Because after all, it was the bottom of the ninth, the score was tied, tied, and the bases were loaded. (laughs) (laughs) There you go, yay! The bottom of the ninth, the score was tied, and the bases were loaded. That's really funny. It's so also a baseball joke. I was going to say, is that a baseball joke? It is. It is a music joke. <laughs> yeah. So when we have baseball <laughs> trivia, is. then you can say that we joke again. We can do again. it all again. <laughs> <laughs> and maybe I'll say it right. Bottom of the ninth, the score was tied, and that bases were loaded. Uh-huh. Yay. <laughs> That's okay. funny. Not really trivia, but... We've had some kind of downer moments. I thought we could end <laughs> with a lighter one. <laughs> well, that is funny. It is, it is funny, all those really long pieces, and there's parts that are like that. Oh, my goodness, yeah. Like, I had a music teacher that did a performance like that when she was younger. That uh, 
it was a vocal piece and it was only like like very very small part of the whole score you know the whole symphony was like mm-hmm. three hours long right and everybody has to stand there the whole time the, all the choir yeah. but they only sing for like you know like well in in Beethoven's ninth or, or symphony yeah, yeah you're only singing in the last movement mm-hmm. so usually the choir will not come out until the last movement begins but still you're standing there for you know a good 15 minutes or more before your part ever comes along. No. And you've got to be back there waiting the right. whole time, ready to go. No, she said that they had to, like, in the in the past, they had to stand there the whole <gasps> time. And it, and people Ooh. had been known to pass out right. before they even got to that point. <laughs> you know, I've been in choir concerts where, where nobody wanted to stand on the top row of the risers because if you passed out, you just fell off just fell instead off. of <gasps> bumping against somebody. Wow. Yeah. Wow. So, Yeah. The last choir concert I was at, the, they had put a rail around the back of the risers. Wow. So if you started to faint, you'd at least have something to hang on to instead of just toppling right over mm-hmm. the back. Wow. That's pretty cool. So this little piece of trivia says that uh, a composer wrote a piece that took 18 hours to perform. Hmm. Eric Sadies? S-A-T-I-E? Wow. Sounds like mm-hmm. Wagner's ring cycle. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Like there's a reason we haven't heard of this man. So there's also, um, there was a composer who did, like, what do you call it? Modern music? I don't know. I don't think that's right. Anyway, his name is John Cage, and he wrote a piece called Three Minutes, 44 Seconds. Yes. Uh-huh. And you just sit at the piano doing nothing I was for just three thinking minutes, of that. 44 seconds. Or you can hear it performed by a live yeah. orchestra. And a whole orchestra. Ooh. Yeah, I've actually, I've actually seen a video of it played by a full a full <sighs> symphony. That's craziness. Yeah. And the, there's commentary on it and everything. They're Seriously? like they're like this is just such a moving performance of this <laughs> this piece by John King. <laughs> oh my <laughs> or whatever, you know, Kate, yeah, and and yeah, like it's a serious thing. And the only time you actually hear anything is between movements when they're like right. flipping their pages flipping and the stuff. Pages. How funny. Oh, that's funny. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, I saw a performance of this once. Mm-hmm. Like, for real. Really? At a, you know, modern music concert. And it was it was this interesting thing where you were in a building and you walked around to different places and different people were performing different modern mm-hmm. music pieces. And there was this guy sitting at a piano. Hmm. Very odd. I actually like some of his music, though. Yeah. Some of it's really interesting, like some, some of the of the imaginary landscapes. Yeah. Because I believe he did those. Oh, too, probably. Right? Yeah, and those were actually interesting, very weird. They're, they sounded like imaginary landscapes. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's good. Yeah. That's cool. Cool. Well, I'm glad you brought that up because that was the last thing I had to say. Wow. This has been a very trivial episode of the Long Overdue Podcast. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening. Bye. Bye. Don't stop the music.